Hello and welcome to the first of our special podcast minisodes from the Edinburgh International Film Festival. I'm Steve Henderson. I'll be reporting on the animation strand of this festival, which this year was centred around the life and work of Scottish-born animator and founder of the National Film Board of Canada's animation wing, Norman McLaren, whose centenary is celebrated throughout 2014. Celebrated not only with a series of events, workshops, screenings and exhibitions, but also through the award that bears his name, which was handed out to its 25th recipient at the festival this year. We'll be bringing you interviews with some of the talent from the festival and from some of the special guests. So, back to the main man of the moment, Norman McLaren. Uh, Screened at the festival this year was a wonderful selection of films restored to their former glory, amongst them the uh, first ever stereoscopic 3D film. Now is the Time was the title of both the programme and one of the restored pieces, uh, featuring favourites such as La Merle, Pas de Deux, and the Oscar-winning Neighbours. After the screening, the team behind the most recent restoration of McLaren's work took to the stage uh, to discuss the restoration process. Amongst them were Marcy Page, producer of films such as Chris Landreth's Ryan, The Spine and Subconscious Password, also Toril Cove's The Danish Poet, My Grandmother Iron the King's Shirts and many other films including Madame Tootley Pootley alongside our other guest David Varel, producer of the aforementioned Madame Tootley Pootley and other NFB classics such as Bob's Birthday, When Day Breaks, you get the picture. And Eloy Champagne, digital imaging specialist at the NFB and Luigi Alamano of Concordia University who oversaw the sound restoration, the event was chaired by Ian Gardner and they shared a fascinating discussion about Norman McLaren himself, personal experiences etc his legacy at the film board his enormous legacy at the film board and the ethics of restoration which I found fascinating stuff Later that evening, we gathered at the reception of the Talbot Rice Gallery in the city, where there's a wonderful exhibition which displays both McLaren's meticulous and artistic approach to filmmaking perfectly. I really recommend a visit. We caught up with prolific NFB producers David Varel and Marcy Page to discuss McLaren 2014, and we then had a chat with McLaren 2014 artistic director Ian Gardner, whose name you may recognise from some of his own films, such as The Tannery and Akbar's Cheetah. So here's two interviews for the price of one in the first of our uh, squiggly Edinburgh International Film Festival podcast minisodes. Well, not only was Norman an extraordinary filmmaker and inventor and an imaginative artist uh, in all kinds of ways, but uh, I think because of the time he spent at the National Film Board, there was some public recognition of all of those qualities that has rippled out through the cultural norms at a place like the Film Board and out into the animation community at large. He was about finding ways to express uh, his ideas, uh, his notions, his graphic notions, his intellectual notions, uh, and to stretch the boundaries of cinema in a variety of ways that uh, shouldn't be hindered by conventions, by bureaucrats, by any of those um, uh, constraints that might actually um, adulterate the quality of the artist's message. And I would say that he was so successful at that, and of course free to do that in a, uh, a warm place like the National Film Board, that that's the heritage is that everybody else that worked in that community and legions of animators around the world can make the case that uh, artistic freedom is all about doing this the way I want to try and do it, to experiment, to be open to uh, new possibilities. And so it's not actually a mythology that Norman McLaren was an exceptional artist and human being. He really was. 
But the story has rippled out to lots of people who never actually transacted with him, who didn't meet him, and they benefit in exactly the same way from the attitude he had about art and the way ideas should be expressed. Excellent. Would you like to add to that? Yeah, I think that this, um, uh, this generosity, um, generosity about, uh, about sharing um, techniques, you know, being open, um, that, uh, and this uh, spirit of experimentation that uh, pervades the film board is something that, um, as a person who never actually personally met Norman McLaren, you still feel when you go there that it, it um, you know, it reverberates. It's, you know, it's there in the DNA of the institution, and, and it's such a um, it almost seems like a contradiction that this uh, that in a government institution <laughs> it should be so devoted to um, creative uh, experimentation, and that's absolutely um, his legacy. And and as a producer, um, that has allowed me. I mean, I can you know I could just call up. Well, you know, McLaren would have liked that, you know, or he would have he would have supported that experimentation and people have to you know kind of like um, be a little bit shaken out of their own conservative impulses you know and uh, say yeah and, but he was so um, he was so prolific and uh, he was um, which so that kind of um, so as long as people feel like you know okay the artists are industrious you know and that they're actually doing work I think that that um, that that kind of history and that emanation has been allowed to um, to go on and it's, it's it really is kind of miraculous and even though the film board reinvents itself you know every I don't know five years five years <laughs> <laughs> is it scheduled is that <laughs> it it still does reinvent itself with um, some callback to that tradition and it's really quite astonishing in a government institution so I've been you know thinking how's this going to work you know but it does sort of work you know and so I hope that that continues and that legacy is held in uh, esteem yeah excellent it seems like the kind of big brother you could all get behind <laughs> yeah. that's very uh, very nice different kind of big brother yes yeah. <laughs> um perhaps we could talk about your first um experiences with mclaren either by seeing his films or by maybe personal family experiences david <laughs> <laughs> Well, my first memory of Norman is an image in my mind, and I would have been very, very young, uh, three or four years old. Uh, my father was um, uh, worked in the animation studio at the film board and was hired by Norman uh, in 1945, so I have some memories of him uh, that uh, date that far back. My working experience with him uh, was, of course, later. That would have been starting in the 70s. And um, we uh, were involved directly in a couple of projects, particularly Narcissus, the last film that he made, I produced. And so uh, worked quite closely with him at that time. But there was a consequential overlap in the time I was in the animation studio and the time that Norman was still there before he retired. Excellent. And you produced a monumental documentary. Yeah. The, yes, the Don McWilliams um, uh, directed uh, documentary about Norman creative process, which I still consider a really important examination of his life and work. Uh, yeah, I was involved in that too. 
I've got a cruel question to ask. Um, would you, either of you, be able to pinpoint a particular favourite McLaren work? Or whittle it down to a top 20? Yeah, I, I can. Um, Beyond Dog Care is my personal favourite. I remember seeing that, and I remember having the thought that if everybody was obliged to look at Beyond Dog Care every morning, we would have world peace. <laughs> that, it, 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 is, it is a clear expression of the notion of joy in a way that I can think of no other articulate way to express that idea. And I never tire of looking and listening at Beyond All Care. Whether it is uh, you know, legitimately a synesthetic experience or it's a pseudo-synesthetic experience doesn't matter to me. I can't understand why my emotional reaction to it is so profound. And that's what excites me about it. I don't know why it works, but it works. And it's all about joy. Excellent. Marcy. Uh, that, that was a film. That was one that I, I um, had the unfortunate experience of being in, uh, uh, in San Francisco with the film library only had like a sepia version. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and, but when I got to Canada and saw that film, I was blown away. Um, you know, so it really, really does depend upon you know the quality of the print. Um, but that was that's always been a real favorite of mine. But Neighbors, of course, um, uh, Pas de Deux was um, always a, a strong favorite. And and I lately I've liked um, Cherry Tale quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I just the humor and you know again the humanity. Um, but there's you know like films. Each time I watch, I, oh that's my new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, you know I hadn't seen uh, uh, Poul uh, La Poule Grace. Grace for a long time, and I thought oh that's really charming. Look at the drawing in that, and you know. The, the pastels and the rubbing out and the dissolves. I just thought, oh, this is really, this is really a charming technique. And uh, so that was one that kind of surprised me. And so I think he's got enough of a body of work that you can just keep going back to it and and being surprised. But I think it, it bears repeating that successful uh, though his work is it's not daunting for artists to look at it it's actually inspirational yeah. you don't look at it and think oh I I'm out of that league really. you look at it and think oh that's what he did I could do that I could try and do that that's what's really exciting about the heritage that he represents, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think when I was in the seventh grade, somebody who no doubt had seen the McLaren film said, well, we can just draw on film leader, you know, and and, and there we had our little first McLaren, without even knowing that, you know, McLaren hand-drawn cinema, none of that, but it just that that kind of availability of the film experience can be imparted to um, anyone, I think is, it definitely is part of the, that spirit. And it's still relevant today. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, uh, David, Mas, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. It's been a pleasure. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of uh, McLaren 2014, the rest of Edinburgh. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for talking to us today. It's been my mission the last couple of years for Scotland to celebrate Norman McLaren because he's such a, an influence in animation throughout the world. Scotland, it, it kind of loses a bit of attention because of the, the very London-centric animation production in the UK. And it just occurred to me that 
this is probably a very good opportunity given that McLaren's the most famous Scott animator that we have and it's the centenary to actually kind of bring a bit of attention to Scotland. You know, and we've had people, uh, we, we did a screening at the Edinburgh Film Festival today and I'm aware that people have come from New Zealand to witness these stereoscopic films restored. So I think, you know, to some degree, I think we've had a, a level of success in bringing people to our doorstep through McLaren. But... Um, I, I've just always admired the the, the liveliness, the joy, um, the risk-taking in his films. The fact that he was always reinventing techniques, uh, not reinventing, coming up with new techniques. I mean, the, the stereoscopic films that he made were the first of their kind. It's just very inspiring. It, it's the kind of philosophy of filmmaking that you'd like to maintain, that you'd like to keep, you know, not to be too entrapped by surveys and prerequisites and all the rest of it, just to have that freedom to experiment. Could you tell us a little what seven years ago what drew you to Norman McLaren? Why did you why did you think Norman McLaren was the guy to promote in this way? Firstly, because he, he was from Scotland, and I think I wanted to do something to enhance Scotland's reputation as a centre for animation. Because we've got a lot of great filmmakers and companies here. There's Access Animation, Colic Films, Red Kite. We've got BAFTA winners and Will uh, Will Anderson and Ainsley Henderson. I keep wanting to bracket them as brothers. Um, but there's a lot of talent in Scotland. And yes, we're getting a bit of attention, but it just it just fitted, you know, to, to do something because of the timing with Norman's centenary. Uh, but it's been, I mean, it has been pretty jam-packed. Uh, I mean, we started buying on Norman's birthday on the 11th of April, and we did a lot of exhibitions and occasions in Stirling, where he was from, put a heritage plaque up in his house. Uh, We did an event with Glasgow School of Art, looking at the student films that were made in the 1930s. The Royal Mail issued a stamp in May as well. It's just been brilliant. It's just a lot more people know about him now than had done previously. And of course, with our public engagement programme, we've been around over 140 schools in Scotland. Uh, we've, we've ticked off every regional authority in Scotland, and we've created over 3,000 films as, as, as a result of that. Wow. And not, you know, those kids now know who Norman McLaren are, but they also know that animation is a great form of communication, because, you know, we encourage them to do it in an abstract way. We... A lot of the kids will be literal and they'll, they'll draw themselves and they'll write their name. But a lot of them really got into just moving objects and shapes. So I think it's been a great experience for them. Uh, and hopefully, you know, 20 years down the line, there'll be this explosion of animation in Scotland because we infected a whole generation with it. Brilliant. Well, animation is one of the most perfect educational tools and yeah. it's great to see. I'm sure that Norman McLaren would be happy to see his uh, legacy uh, used in such a way. Yeah, very much, and especially because he you know, was such a great teacher himself. You know, the, the whole infrastructure of the NFB, if Norman hadn't been uh, passing the baton on to other people while he was there. and I mean, I mean, I mean just about everything's touched by Norman McLaren. When you think that George Dunning was a, an apprentice of Norman McLaren and Dunning came to Britain in the 60s, he made Yellow Submarine and then that studio did The Snowman and The Snowman pretty much kick-started the whole kind of uh, golden era of British animation. So just about everything traces back to this guy. Um, so his, his importance cannot be understated. What's your favourite McLaren film? 
Oh, you got me now. Um, that's really tough. I love Le Merle because um, it's just so upbeat and, and the inventiveness with those shapes. Um, I'm pretty tempted to put Now Is The Time on my list because I just saw it today and I just can't believe he did that. Um, I'm referring to the stereoscopic films which have kind of lain dormant for about 30 years um, and Begond All Care. Um, I think the Oscar Peterson trio have got a wonderful soundtrack on that one um, and it just looks stunning I think it's something I've really enjoyed about the centenary because we've toured McLaren's films around the UK and our last venue is going to be the Rio in London I can't remember the date but if you check our what's on at mclaren2014.com you'll see where all, all the tours films are going but you've got to see these things in a cinema I mean it's the same for any short film they're at their best scene in the cinema. And I know there's a lot of people out there that think online's the future and it is part of the future, but you can't beat seeing these things on the big screen. Nothing beats that experience. Exactly. So if people want to find out more about McLaren 2014, events are still going on. Yes. Um, and there's still things going on at the Edinburgh Festival yeah. uh, this week, animation-wise. Uh, Twitter at McLaren2014 and Facebook slash McLaren2014 and it's McLaren2014.com. Yes. Um, And we'll be running events right up until Encounter Short Film Festival in September. So if you've missed us in Scotland, which I would be annoyed about because I really want you to come to Scotland, um, then obviously you can catch up uh, with stuff that they're doing in Bristol as well. Excellent. Ian Gardner, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. Steve, thanks so much. Thank you. So that's it for our first Edinburgh podcast minisode. Join us tomorrow when we will be talking to director Ross Hogg, whose film Spectators was screened in competition. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and share the Squiggly podcasts with your friends. But if you prefer content of a more visual variety, you may be interested in subscribing to, or at least watching, our new Lightbox series over on our YouTube channel. We've been bringing you a mini documentary every week with some fantastic directors and people in the animation business. Some very special guests there. You can catch up with the latest from the Edinburgh International Film Festival and anything from the world of animation over on squiggly.com.